boys and girls, generally, what's up, you are listening live to Brandon's World here on this Thursday, September 9th, 2021, and you know what that means, ladies and folks, football is back, baby, yes, tonight is the opening night of the National Football League featuring America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. Led by the new highest paid player in the National Football League, Dak Prescott, taking on the defending Super Bowl champion and seven-time world champion, Tom Brady, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Folks, do you smell that cool, warm, crispy, almost fall, early September air? Football is back, specifically the National Football League, the best sport in the world. College football doesn't come close to it. Hell, wrestling doesn't come close to it. The NBA don't come close to it. The MLB don't come close to it. The NHL don't come close to it. Folks, football is back, and I am excited to announce here today on Brandon's World, we are going to be producing a podcast this fall NFL season, every Monday and every Thursday. Now, I'm not going to give a length on it. It's not going to be live. It's going to be recorded, and then it's going to be uploaded to our Anchor, our Spotify, our iTunes, our Google Play, anywhere you listen to the Brandon's World podcast, where I will be breaking down the NFL action from week to week, and I'll be giving you my best bets of the week, We're going to keep track of my picks. We're going to keep track of my best bets. We're going to see how I do this National Football Week season. Last week, of course, I came out with my NFL predictions. I broke down all 32 teams. I broke down the playoffs. I broke down my Super Bowl matchup. With spoiler alert, I have a rematch of Super Bowl 56. I have the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers again. And this time, I have the Chiefs winning that matchup. But, folks... We got a dandy here today, so what we're going to do is we're going to kick things off. I'm going to be giving you guys every single one of my picks for week one. Then we will move in today, and for a little bit at least, we're going to talk a little bit about all OE wrestling, AEW. Of course, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan signing there. I want to address a little bit of that. And then at the end of the show, I'll give you my best bets for week one. So without further ado... Let's turn on some football music, and uh, here we go with my week one picks. Now, we're going to kick things off here with the game that is tonight, of course, the Cowboys and the Bucks. Now, the Bucks are favored by 7.5. I've seen some spreads be 8. I've seen some spreads be 8.5, and and this is what I'll say about this game. Every time we think a game is going to be a blowout, it usually goes the other way. Or every time we think a game's going to be close, it's going to be great, it ends up like the Super Bowl and it's going to be a blowout. So we never really know what to expect. There's a lot of instances where we expect a shootout and it turns into a 10-7 game. Or we expect a 10-7 game and it turns into 35-31. The NFL is one of the hardest sports to predict. It's one of the best sports to predict. And I will say, if you are playing a fantasy football league, whether it's season-long in ESPN, Yahoo, or one of those other fantasy football leagues, or, you know, whether it's daily fantasy with DraftKings or FanDuel, you probably have a lot of Cowboys on your team. You probably have Dak Prescott on your team. You probably have Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, Ezekiel Elliott. 
for Tampa Bay. You have Tom Brady. You have Mike Evans. You have Chris Godwin. You may even have, you know, Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Brown, the Bucks defense. So there are a lot of fantasy scenarios in play here. And even though Zach Martin, the best uh, offensive lineman for Dallas, is out due to COVID, I think it's a big deal. But I feel like everybody is counting the Cowboys out. And maybe that is because of Dak coming back off the ankle injury. Maybe it is because of Dak's shoulder. But I just feel like there's going to be a lot of emotion with Tampa Bay. Now, don't get me wrong. I think Tampa Bay is going to be great this year. I already said I think they walk out of the NFC as champions. They brought back all 22 starters, which is unprecedented. They're going to be better because they had an offseason. They had reps. But there is something to say about that banner drop. And Tom Brady's been a part of it. Remember that team in 2017 that eventually lost Super Bowl 52 to my Philadelphia Eagles? The opening night after they won Super Bowl 51 against Atlanta, they hosted Kansas City. And everybody thought it was the year that New England could go 16-0 once again. And what happened? Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Alex Smith took over the game. And Andy Reid in Kansas City dominated Bill Belichick in New England. Now, I think Andy Reid is a huge upgrade over Mike McCarthy. You know, Bruce Arians is a very good offensive coach. I think it's more of a mismatch between Bruce Arians and Mike McCarthy than it is Bill Belichick and Andy Reid. But don't be surprised here if this is a ball game tomorrow, or tonight, excuse me. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott is in great shape. He looks like he's in the best shape in the last five, six years. And the Cowboys are going to be able to run the ball a little bit. Again, we know how great Tampa Bay's defense is. But the banner drop and everything that goes with it and everybody counting the Cowboys out. Folks, I wouldn't bet this game. But don't be surprised if Dallas, maybe they don't cover. Maybe it's an 8, 9, 10 point game by the end. But this will be a close game in my opinion. Halfway for the third quarter, even going into the fourth quarter. So up next, we have my Philadelphia Eagles and Nick Sirianni. The first game is Nick Sirianni is our new head coach. Taking a new head coach in Atlanta, Arthur Smith. The Falcons are favored by three and a half. And this is a very interesting game to me. This may be the shootout game of the week. Both these defenses are very young. Now Philadelphia has more talent up front than Atlanta. With Josh Sweat, a young kid who I think is going to have a really good year. Obviously, a Fletcher Cox, Javon Argrave, Brandon Graham. Atlanta really only has Grady Jarrett up front. Once you double team him, you can get past them. The Eagles have a corner and Darius Slay. Atlanta has no corners. The Eagles have a very good safety combo with Ronnie McClellan and Anthony Harris. Atlanta really doesn't have any safeties. But what I'm wondering in this game is if my Philadelphia Eagles are going to be able to cover Atlanta Falcons rookie tight end Kyle Pitts out of Florida. Yes, Julio Jones is gone. Yes, Todd Gurley has gone out of the running game. They replaced him with Mike Davis. Now, I'm not too sold on Calvin Ridley as a number one wide receiver. I know everybody seems to think he is. But just like everybody thought Juju Smith was a number one wide receiver two years ago, including myself, by the way, turned out to be wrong on that. He's more of a number two or number three. I think Calvin Ridley is more of a number two. I think he's going to struggle this year with the number one corner on him. But I think Kyle Pitts is going to have a monster year. Again, if you're a fantasy player here, I think Kyle Pitts, if you could get him in a draft, if you're still drafting by this point, or if you could somehow trade for him, I think he'd be a very good value. I think he's going to have a great year. He could win Offensive Rookie of the Year. And Atlanta's going to be able to score points, man. They got weapons. They got a good quarterback in Matt Ryan with a perfect system here with Arthur Smith. 
But Atlanta's are rebuilding defense, and the Eagles have a very smart new defensive coordinator in Jonathan Gannon coming over from the Indianapolis Colts. Though I do wonder if it's going to take some time for this defense to get their feet wet. Obviously, we don't know, you know, Jalen Hurts. You know, is he the quarterback of the future? We're about to find out this year. Obviously, my team has some pieces with Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, Quez Watkins looks really good in camp at the wide receiver position. Yet on Jalen Rager from last year. Of course, at the running game, you have Miles Sanders, Boston Scott. But are the Eagles going to be keeping up with Atlanta's offense? I don't think so. I think this is more of a four to seven point game, so I wouldn't bet this spread. I think it's pretty close, but I got the Falcons winning at home. So we have the Chargers at Washington up next, and this is a very interesting game because, as you guys know, I don't love the Washington football team this year. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick, believe it or not, is a significant, and I, yes, I said significant, downgrade to Alex Smith because Alex Smith would not turn the ball over and that's how Washington won the NFC East or least whatever you want to call it last year. Ryan Fitzpatrick will have games where he will throw six touchdowns and he will have games where he will throw six interceptions. Typically he's good earlier in the season rather than later in the year. The Chargers have a new head coach in Brandon Staley. Justin Herbert is a very young talented quarterback. This is going to be his first game with fans in over two years with a very good defense in Washington. Again, Fitzpatrick is hot earlier than later. I think him and Jerry McCord have a good game. And I'm going to pick Washington here to beat the Chargers at home and lead the NFC East after week one. Moving on to the next game here, we have the Steelers at the Bills. Now, I'm going to predict Buffalo to win this game, and I think pretty handily. There's something going on in Pittsburgh here. With T.J. Watt, I don't know what the situation is. It may be resolved by the time you are seeing this podcast. I'm recording this on a Wednesday, by the way. Of course, you are seeing this on Thursday, the kickoff of opening day. So I don't know uh, if T.J. Watt's contract situation is resolved or not yet. But Pittsburgh doesn't have any secondary. They lose Mike Owen to Cincinnati. They, they lose Nelson, uh, Stephen Nelson to my Philadelphia Eagles. Their secondary is going to be struggling to cover Stephon Diggs. I think Buffalo is a really talented team. They drafted two good pass rushers in the draft. Josh Allen's only going to take a step up. Buffalo will be a force to be reckoned with, and they will beat the Steelers at home. Up next, we have the Jets going to Carolina. Now, I'm going to pick Sam Darnold here at home to beat his former team. As you guys know, I'm not a big fan of Zach Wilson. I'm not a big fan of Robert Sowell. We don't know if he can go. I don't know if Zach Wilson is the quarterback future of the Jets. And let's be honest, Carolina's got some good pieces. You know, in, in Robbie Anderson, in Christian McCaffrey, they have some good weapons that Sam Darnold can throw to. I think he's going to use McCaffrey a lot. Carolina's invested a lot on the defensive side of the ball. I think they get after Zach Wilson. I think the Jets' offensive line struggles, and I think Carolina takes care of business at home. Up next here is a very interesting game between the Minnesota Vikings and the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, this is an interesting game to me because we all know the Vikings defense was one of the worst in the league last year, and I don't think that they can be worse than they were last year, but they're still going to be pretty bad. And Cincinnati would show Burrow. They may not have a great offensive line, and Burrow is coming off that brutal ACL and MCL entry. Jamar Chase has struggled with drops, even though I like their weapons a lot. I liked E against, I liked Tyler Boyd, even without A.J. Green. I think Joe Burrow has legit weapons. And Jamar Chase can learn how to catch. He may be this year's Justin Jefferson. I think, you know, really, 
when you look at candidates for offensive rookie of the year, at least the receiver position, you're looking at a Devontae Smith. You're looking at a Jamar Chase. You're looking at a Kyle Pitt. Those to me were the three best receivers in the draft. Now, I like Chase and Pitts over Devontae Smith, even though he won the Heisman myself. I think Devontae Smith has some durability issues, which I really didn't get to talk about in the Eagles Falcon segment. But I love Jamar Chase coming out of LSU. He's reunited with Joe Burrow. And he can figure out, you know, again, how to catch the football. I think he's just got some rookie yips. But if he turns it around, the Bengals are going to be able to score points. But just like we saw last year with the Chargers, I think it's going to be tough sledding week one. I think Mike Zimmer has something to prove this year. I think Kirk Cousins has something to prove this year. Because with Kellen Mond behind him, the Vikings can really pull the trigger at any time. And they do have Adam Thielen. They do have, you know, Justin Jefferson. Even though they want Irv Smith at tight end, they got two tremendous weapons. They got a tough five back in the NFL. Some would say even top three in Dalvin Cook. So the Vikings have enough pieces. The Bengals don't really have a good secondary. I'm going to pick the Vikings here on the road over the Bengals. Up next, we have the Seahawks and the Colts in, in Indianapolis. And you guys know that on BuckstoreRadio.com, Earlier this February, before the schedule even broke down, I said, hey, listen, the Colts could be the next dynasty in the National Football League, and I truly meant that. If Carson Wentz stays healthy with Frank Reich, I think he can get back to that 2017 MVP level. I love their weapons, even though T.Y. Hilton is hurt. I love T.Y. Hilton. He's always been one of my favorite receivers in the National Football League. They have him, they have Michael Pittman, who to me is going to be a growing star at the receiver position. Zach Pascal, Paris Gamble, at tight end, you have a great tight end in Jack Doyle. They have one of the top three to five offensive lines in the National Football League, and they were one of only five teams last year to be top ten in both offensive and defensive scoring and rankings. So the Colts have all the pieces. Here's the problem. Week one, they're facing Russell Wilson, and they got a ton of injuries, and they got a lot of COVID issues. They got people, including their quarterback, Carson Wentz, who is refusing to get vaccinated for some odd reason that I don't understand why. They got him coming off a foot injury. They got Quinn Nelson coming off a foot injury. They got Eric Fisher coming over from Kansas City to Indianapolis. I believe he's banged up with something. So they got a lot of guys banged up. We know how good Russell Wilson is on the East Coast. We know the Seahawks are going to look to prove something this year. I think DK Metcalf this week should go off because I don't love Indianapolis the secondary. Again, I think losing Jonathan Gannon, who was the secondary coach there, he got the best out of Xavier Rhodes last year. He's now, as I just mentioned, the defensive coordinator in Philadelphia. That is a huge loss. I'm going to put Seattle to go on the road and beat the Colts. Another NFC West team on the road taking on another AFC South team. We have the Arizona Cardinals taking on the Tennessee Titans. Now, you guys know I've been a big fan of the Cardinals for the last two years. And this year, defensively, they upgraded their defensive line by adding J.J. Watt. They added another receiver uh, in A.J. Green to go along with DeAndre Hopkins, and Larry Fitzgerald, and Christian Kirk. At center, they got one of the best centers in the week in Ronnie Hudson from the Las Vegas Raiders. So they made some significant upgrades. I think Arizona's a sneaky good team. Kyler Murray could be a team early. I'm not saying he's going to win it. I'm not even saying he's going to finish in the top five. But at least early in the year, could be a sneaky, very good MVP candidate. I know he was a top three fantasy quarterback last year. He was my fantasy quarterback that helped me win two fantasy championships. 
I'm all in on Kyler Murray. I think the dude's a stud. I think he's better than a lot of these kids that came out the last two, three years in the draft. Credit to Arizona as well for moving off Josh Rosen. And like Miami should have done with two attacks of Iloa, realize the dude can't play and just go get a dynamic playmaker in Kyler Murray, change the offense around. They still have Chandler Jones. They still got J.J. Watt. This team is going to be very good. They still got Buda Baker in the back end. I love what Arizona's doing, and I think Arthur Smith's going to be a huge loss for Tennessee. Yes, the Titans have probably the best running back in the National Football League in Derrick Henry. Yes, the Titans have Julio Jones. Yes, the Titans have A.J. Brown. My issue with them is, are they going to be able to get Julio Jones and A.J. Brown their touches? Are they going to still be more run-centric with Derrick Henry? Now, that offense last year, even with Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown, they were explosive. But is Julio Jones going to be upset because they're running the football more? He's not getting enough targets. Is Ryan Tannehill, who was playing like an MVP candidate for the last two seasons, is he going to regress a little bit under Arthur Smith? Or excuse me, now that Arthur Smith is not there. Uh, I think it's going to be a learning curve for Tennessee, and I think Arizona is a surprise team. I think they go in there. Tennessee's defense is still a mess. I think the defensive line for Arizona gets after Tannehill, and Arizona walks into Tennessee and gets the W week one. Moving on here, we have the Jaguars and the Texans. The Jaguars are favored in this game by two and a half. Houston is starting Tyrod Taylor. You already know how I feel about Houston. They may be lucky to get one win this year. I'm taking the Jags. I think Urban Meyer has a lot of tricks up his sleeve, at least for week one. We saw that in 2013 with Chip Kelly in Philadelphia. We saw it with Jen Harbaugh in San Francisco. Typically, these college coaches early on, you know, they, they don't have a lot of tape on them, National Football Week tape, because all they can do is study college tape. You know they're going to throw a lot of wrinkles at you. I don't think Houston and David Coley is going to be prepared, and I think Trevor Lawrence looks really good week one. And the Niners at the Lions. Finally, the last week one, one o'clock game. This is really a mismatch. Uh, Jared Goff and the Lions, they do have more peace than I actually thought. Tight end TJ Augustin's pretty good. You, you know, they got DeAndre Swift out of the backfield. But San Francisco's defensive line is just going to overwhelm that, that Lions offensive line. I don't think this game is particularly close. San Francisco is minus 7.5, so Detroit is obviously plus 7.5. I would take San Francisco the minus 7.5 if I was betting this game. This is not in one of my top five bets, but I think San Francisco rolls Detroit here in Ford Field to begin the 2021 season. Moving on to the 4 o'clock games, we have Denver going to the Giants. And Denver and the Giants, they're two very interesting teams. You look at Denver, they have a great defense in Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, Justin Simmons on the back end of their secondary. Offensively, they have a great tight end in Noah Fan. They have good weapons. You know, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, KJ Amor. They got a good running back in Melvin Gordon. The question is, why is their quarterback Teddy Bridgewater? Is Drew Locke really that bad that he can't beat out check down Teddy Bridgewater? And is Teddy Bridgewater going to be able to get enough protection and get the ball to these receivers down the field? That's something Teddy Bridgewater has never really done. And for the Giants, we all know they were a shockingly well-coached team last year. Joe Judge looked like he had his team together. Though this year it looks like they had a lot of players retired and turning again. It looked like the team was kind of turning on them. 
Uh, they got Kenny Galladay, the wide receiver in free agency, who I don't think is a number one. I think he's more of a number two. Evan Ingram, is he still going to have the drop syndrome with all of his catches? They still have Sterling Shepherds. They have some weapons. I already talked about their good defense. They're good up front. Patrick Graham's a very good defensive coordinator. But like, you know, Teddy Bridgewater and the uh, Drew Watt situation in Denver, is Daniel Jones the answer for the Giants? And I don't think so. I think Daniel Jones is a bad quarterback. It's like I think Teddy Bridgewater is a bridge to bad quarterback. I don't really love Teddy running my offense. He reminds me a lot of Tyron Taylor, and I don't like being limited in that way. If I was Denver, I would have started Drew Locke. So both of these teams have quarterback questions, but Denver going to the East Coast is not going to be easy week one, and the Giants think they're good. We're about to find out how good they are. Denver also thinks they're good. We're about to find out how good they are. Vegas has this spread as Giants plus three, which means Denver, the away team, is favored by three, which means Vegas thinks either A, the Giants aren't very good, or B, they just think Teddy Bridgewater is better than Daniel Jones. Um, and this is one for Vegas I don't agree with. Spoiler alert, this is not going to be one of my bets for week one, but I was very close to putting this bet on the list because I would take the Giants plus three, and I think the Giants upset the Denver Broncos. Moving on to a game that's going to take place at the Jaguar Stadium, Green Bay going to New Orleans. Shout out to everybody going through that Hurricane Ida in New Orleans. I hope you guys are all safe. I hope you guys all have power and stuff like that. You know, again, may maintain, you know, social distancing, keep everything going along with that, and I hope you guys stay safe. But to me, Green Bay is an underrated team this year. I think everybody thinks they take a step back. I actually think they take a step forward. I think Aaron Rodgers on a mission. I think Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, and I think the Saints. You know, with Jameis Winston, I think they're going to struggle early. I think it's going to be adjustment without Drew Brees. They don't even have Michael Thomas, so I don't even know who their number one wide receiver is going to be. And, uh, yeah, I will take Green Bay here. I'll take a minus four, and I think Green Bay could roll New Orleans down in Jacksonville. The next game, we got the Dolphins taking on the Patriots in New England. A battle of two Alabama quarterbacks, Tua Tagovailoa, Mac Jones. Now, you guys know how I already feel about Tua Tagovailoa. I would have moved off him this past draft if I was Miami. I've seen enough of him. He can't get the ball down the field. Now, they're trying to justify it. They got him number one receiver, J1 Waddle, out of Alabama, who I was not in love with entering the draft. They do have a tight end in Mike Gusecki. But I just think New England's better coach. I think they have more weapons. We know New England spent money. Now, Hunter Henry is not going to play week one, but they still have Janu Smith. They have Kendrick Bourne. They have Nelson Aguilar. It's not a great receiving crew, but it's better than what they had last year. And they get Dante Hightower back and all those defensive players that opted out last year. New England's going to be very good on defense. We know how Bill Belichick overwhelms quarterbacks, especially young and rookie quarterbacks. I think Belichick and the Patriots here win at home and go to 1-0 against the Miami Dolphins. Up next, the big 4 o'clock game of the week. The Cleveland Browns and the Kansas City Chiefs. The rematch of last year's AFC Divisional Round. Now, everybody knows my hometown roots are here in Cleveland, Ohio. I worked at Kent State University for the last four years under Black Score Radio. And 
there's a sentiment, at least between some of the fans that I know that are Browns fans and the internet Browns fans on social media, that think this is a foregone conclusion. The Browns are going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. The Browns are better than the Chiefs, and the Browns are going to the Super Bowl. And I have said for the last three, four months, however long it's been since the schedule got released, the Browns got a bad break week one. Andy Reid averages 30 points a game at home week one. Averages 30 points. Yeah, Browns, uh, as good as your new pieces on defense might be, first of all, you haven't played a snap in the preseason. No, I'm not a fan of preseason, but it's just a point. We saw Tampa Bay, who was better than New Orleans, I believe, all year long, even though New Orleans won the division last year. We saw that be proven the division around. We saw Tampa Bay get worked around week one with barely any training camp, no preseason. This Browns defensive unit, yes, they're good on paper, but is Jadavion Clowney going to be healthy? Is Denzel Ward going to be healthy? Is Greedy Williams going to be healthy? Is Greg Newsom going to work out as your first-round pick? Is Miles Garrett going to be better than he was last year down the stretch? There's a lot of questions, and it's going to take the Browns some time to figure it out. And by the way, Kansas City, even though they have four new starters on their offensive line, which is a huge concern, by the way, it is a huge concern. Uh, they have Patrick Mahomes, they have Tyreek Hill, they have Travis Kelsey. They are the best offensive team in the league. I know the Browns have Odell Beckham coming back. I know the Browns have Jarvis Landry. I know the Browns have Donovan Peoples-Jones. I know the Browns have Rashard Higgins. Tyreek Hill is better than all four of those receivers combined. And I know the Browns have three tight ends in Austin Hooper, Harrison Bryant, David Njoku. Guess what? Travis Kelsey is better than all of them. I know the Browns have two great backs, but the Browns are not going to be able to win a shootout with Kansas City. In order for the Browns to win, they're going to have to run the football. If this game was in the cold in January where players are slipping and you're able to run the football, I'd give the Browns a better chance. Since this game is in September, the sun is shining. Week 1, Kansas City playing with a tick on their shoulder after losing last year's Super Bowl in an embarrassing fashion to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Kansas City bounces back. They beat the Browns Week 1. I think it's by double digits. I don't think the Browns cover the spread. A lot of people are high on the Browns, and understandably so. They're a top 3-4 team in the AFC. They're not better than Kansas City. Browns fans, you need to lower your expectations. I realize you're excited because it's the first time you can be excited about a football team in 25 years. Maybe more than that. But folks, just amper expectations, okay? The NFL, it changes every year. The same is not the same. Every year is different. Rome wasn't built in one day. And losing to Kansas City week one... Believe it or not, it's okay. You can beat them in the playoffs. I just said I would give you a better shot in the playoffs of beating them than this game. It's a hard game week one, and I know you can't understand that because you think you're the best, and just because you're the Browns, you think you deserve to be in the Super Bowl. It doesn't work like that. You got to prove it on the field, and as much as I love, love, love Kevin Stefanski, week one, this just ain't it, Browns. Center of the football, we got the Bears with Andy Dalton taking on the Rams, the Newark Rams with Matthew Stafford. You guys know I'm not a huge fan of Matthew Stafford. I'm not a big fan of the Rams. I think Sean McVay is a little bit overrated. 
but they get a nice soft spot here with the Bears week one. If this was Justin Fields, I think it'd be a different game, but I think the Rams defense just takes over and the Rams beat the Bears at home on Sunday Night Football. And finally, on Monday Night Football, I have the Baltimore Ravens beating the Las Vegas Raiders in Vegas. Now, as much as I love John Gruden, as much as I love Vegas, I really like Baltimore this year. I know they just added in Le'Veon Bell because they, they lost, you know, Justice Hill, and they lost J.K. Dobbins for the season. I completely understand where there's some concern. But for folks that say Lamar Jackson can't throw, Lamar's won an MVP led the league in touchdown passes, and has more touchdowns, less interceptions, and more wins than Baker Mayfield. So for you Browns fans that say Lamar Jackson can't throw, and you just blame it on Freddie Kitchens and you Jackson, sorry, that's not true. Uh, Lamar Jackson literally revolutionized the NFL with this new look offense. I know they struggled in the postseason, but this isn't the postseason. Las Vegas' defensive line still isn't very good besides Max Crosby. They're not going to be able to get a lot of pressure on Baltimore. I think Lamar Jackson has a huge running game. I think this is a big ground and pound game. Josh Jenkins may have a good game, and Vegas may be able to move the ball a little bit, but I don't think they're going to have the ball enough. I think this is really a ball control game. We know Baltimore's always fresh right out of the gate. We know they're really well coached right out of the gate. We know Lamar Jackson is always motivated week one. I think Baltimore looks really good, and they beat the Raiders on Monday Night Football. The first time Vegas is going to have fans in that stadium is going to be unreal. I understand that. But it's also the first time everybody's going to have fans in over a year, pretty much, at least for a full-packed stadium. You may expect more home teams to win week one because of that. But I'm just going to stay true to my guns and say the better team is usually going to win week one. And I think the Ravens are better than Vegas. So I'm going to pick Baltimore here again on Monday Night Football. So to recap, I got Tampa Bay tonight. In the 1 o'clock window, I have Atlanta over Philadelphia. Washington over the Chargers, Buffalo over Pittsburgh, Carolina over the Jets. Uh, on the road, I have Minnesota defeating Cincinnati. On the road, I have Seattle defeating Indianapolis. On the road, I have Arizona defeating Tennessee. On the road, I have Jacksonville defeating Houston. On the road, I have San Francisco defeating Detroit. Now, in the 4 o'clock window, I have the Giants at home defeating Denver. I have Green Bay on the road and Jacksonville defeating the Saints. New England at home defeats Miami. Kansas City at home defeats Cleveland. The Rams at home defeat Chicago on Sunday night. And then Monday night, I have Baltimore on the road defeating Vegas. If you're curious, I have nine home teams winning and seven road teams winning on opening weekend. All right, and... uh Coming up next, after I take a quick little break here from, from this recording, obviously you guys won't tell here on this podcast, but I'm going to talk about AEW, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, Adam Cole, baby! What does that mean for all elite wrestling going forward? Are they finally a legit company? That's coming up next, right here, Brenton's World. Brian Danielson, the long-rumored Brian Danielson out of the AEW, finally! Made his debut in All Elite Wrestling. And folks, let me tell you. This Brian Danielson guy, this is a bigger deal to me than CM Punk joining AEW. And here's why. About a month ago, I wrote an article, which by the way, you can follow me on on Medium at lewis.brandon.brand. I'll repeat that. It's at lewis.brandon.brand. You can follow me on Medium where I will post all of my wrestling articles. I'm trying to do Raw and SmackDown reviews and recaps. 
Well, about a month ago, I wrote an article about three reasons why Daniel Bryan and CM Punk signing with AEW would be huge for the company. It would bring legitimacy immediately to the company. It would bring great backstage morale, and it would bring great in-ring work. And so far, all three of those things have been true. To me, though, Brian Danielson is a bigger name than CM Punk at this moment, and here's why for AEW. You see, CM Punk has been wrestled for seven years, and as great as CM Punk is, and as much as I know who CM Punk is, there's a lot of wrestling fans that came in, you know, in the last two years just because of AEW. Or maybe they came in in 2015 or 2016 or 2017 or 2018 or 2019 or 2020. Or maybe at All Out, that was the first ever pay-per-view they ever saw or first ever wrestling event they ever saw. People seven years ago, seven years is a long time in wrestling. A lot of things have happened in seven years in wrestling, including AEW, which is barely two years old. Some people may not even know who CM Punk is. If you've been watching wrestling in the last three, four months, you know who Daniel Bryan, a.k.a. Bryan Danielson is. He main evented WrestleMania 30. He created the Yes Chant. He main evented WrestleMania 37 three months ago. The first ever wrestling event back with fans in a huge stadium, Raymond James Stadium. Main evented against Edge and Roman Reigns, two bona fide names in the wrestling industry. And is a great storyteller, he's a great wrestler, and he has a great mind for the business. CM Punk wrestled it all out. And the crowd, in my opinion, went more crazy for Brian Danielson's debut than they did for CM Punk in his, home, in his own hometown. Because they know how big of a deal it is for AEW to get Brian Danielson. The dream matches that he could have with Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, you know, among others, I think is fascinating. And for him to not bash WWE, and for him to say that, hey, listen, AEW was so great, I had to come here. WWE was going to have him wrestle in New Japan. They were going to open the forbidden door and have Brian Danielson wrestle other places where he's never wrestled before and where WWE has never allowed their talent to go. That's how much Vince McMahon loved Daniel Bryan and how much Daniel Bryan, a.k.a. Bryan Danielson, loved his former boss, Vince McMahon. But AEW appealed to Bryan because of the fresh matchups, because he has wrestled everybody it is to wrestle in WWE, and he needed something new. And he is going to be the guy to bring fresh, great, legitimate matchups in, in AEW, and he is going to be the guy to bring WWE guys to AEW, not CM Punk. Listen, as much as I watched CM Punk's AEW Rampage debut, as much as I was excited that CM Punk is returning to pro wrestling, I'm more excited for Daniel Bryan, aka Bryan Danielson, because the Yes Movement captivated me when Edge retired in 2011. Daniel Bryan became my second favorite wrestler of all time. I love what Daniel Bryan did in WWE. And I'm excited to see what he does in AEW. More than CM Punk. Because Daniel Bryan looks like he's legitimately about to become put in the main event storyline with Kenny Omega for the AEW World Championship. And CM Punk is just starting to get his feet wet. Now maybe Punk does challenge for the AEW World Championship down the line. But it seems like CM Punk wants to work with a lot of the young guys. 
get his feet wet, back in the ring, tell good stories. Brian Danielson just wants to kick people's ass. And unlike CM Punk, Brian Danielson is very complimentary of his of his former workplace. And I think that unlike CM Punk, Brian Danielson may be the best wrestler in the world. And we're about to find out every Wednesday night on AEW. But it's definitely an exciting time in the wrestling world. You know, we got AEW, you know, last night, whatever happened. I'm recording this before AEW Dynamite tonight. So we'll see what goes down in Cincinnati. You got SmackDown this Friday night at MSG. Brock Lesnar returning. Edge versus Seth Rollins, which may be the match of the year. Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair signing their contract for their Extreme Rules match. So... We got two legitimate companies right now. AEW, to me, getting Brian Daniels and CM Punk made them a legitimate number two. It's like TNA back in the day in 2010, 2011, 2012, where they were an alternative to WWE. It was fun to watch when they had guys like Kurt Angle and Jeff Hardy and Sting and Bobby Roode and James Storm and Mickey James. And AEW, to me, they need to do a better job booking the women's division because the only star is Britt Baker. It looks like, you know, Ruby Soho, the former Ruby Riot in WWE, now has an opportunity. But to me, it was very overblown when people said that AEW All Out was the best pay-per-view ever. I didn't think that. The one thing I think to, uh, AEW does way worse than WWE, in my opinion, is really tell the story and really show you how stories develop. They kind of assume you're already watching the product. They do a pretty bad job at being able to catch up on it quickly rather than WWE. And so I'm going to have to get in, into the product. That's one of the things I don't like about AEW is they're booking in the women's division. But they definitely have top-tier talent now. It is definitely an alternative, and we'll see how they go with it. Which is hope they don't mess it up like uh, TNA did back in a decade ago. And coming up next here, guys, to end the podcast today, I'm going to give you guys my best bets for week one. My five top bets. We're going to keep track of these picks, and we're going to see how I do at the end of the year. So, again, best bets coming up next right here on Brandon's World. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back here to the Brandon's World Podcast. And again, to end today's podcast, as a reminder, we will be here every Monday. Every Thursday from now on, we weren't here Monday because of Labor Day, but we're going to have a podcast on Monday right after the NFL Week 1 games. We're going to break down the NFL action. We're going to have a podcast here on Thursday. We talk about the Thursday night game. I make my best bets for Week 1, and I make my picks for the next week. But here we go. These are Brandon's best bets for the Week 1 2021 NFL season, and I am going to start with the Washington football team. I already mentioned this a little bit earlier. Now, I've seen lines that are Chargers plus one and a half. Chargers, you know, minus one and a half. Chargers minus one. Washington minus a half. What I have here right now is Washington minus a half. And no matter what the line is, I would take Washington. I already explained it. The Chargers have a new head coach in Brandon Staley. And even though I love Justin Herbert, this is his first game with fans in two years. I think it's going to take time for the Chargers to adjust. They have new offensive linemen, you know, in in the left tackle out of Northwestern and Slater. They have a new all-pro center in Corey Lindsley. But they're going to take time for those guys to develop. And that Washington pass rush is going to get after Herbert. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick for, you know, the first couple of weeks going to be really good for Washington. Even though I think he's a downgrade overall to Alex Smith. I think Terry McCorn has a good game. And I'll pick Washington here to win the game at home. I'll take Seattle minus 2.5 against the Indianapolis Colts. 
again, I love the Colts next year. I did love them this year until they got injuries at receiver. They got injuries at the offensive line. They got their quarterback not willing to be vaccinated. They got vaccination issues all across the board. They have a rough schedule out of the gate with the Seahawks, the Rams, the Dolphins, the Titans, the Ravens, the Niners. And it is a gauntlet the first seven weeks for the Indianapolis Colts to the point where I could see them at 1-6 and six or 2-5 and five at best during those seven games. I think it's going to be a really tough adjustment for the Colts and Carson Wentz and crew. We know how good Russell Wilson is on the East Coast. Give me Seattle minus 2.5. My only dog of the week, I'm going to take Arizona plus three against Tennessee. Last year, I took Arizona plus seven and a half against San Francisco. They ended up winning the game outright, and that was when San Francisco was still San Francisco. Listen, Tennessee may have Julio Jones, but I'm still wondering how they're going to use him. Derek Henry's still going to be the feature back. Will Julio Jones and A.J. Brown be mad they're getting less touches? That's a good question. Arizona added J.J. Watt up front. They added A.J. Green in the receiving room. They added Rodney Hudson at center. They are loaded. They are, to me, one of the best teams in the NFC. They may be third or fourth in their division, but they're still one of the best teams in the NFC because the division is loaded. Tennessee doesn't have a great pass rush. I think Iowa Murray has a great game throwing and running for the air. Arizona goes down to Tennessee and wins week one. Jacksonville minus two and a half against the Texans. Now, I'm going to take Jacksonville here again. I don't even think Houston wins a game. The typical NFL game is decided by three points. So, I'm going to take Jacksonville to at least, you know, get over that two and a half. At least win by three. I think it's going to be more than that. I think Urban Meyer is going to show some trickery that David Coley is not ready for. And I think Trevor Lawrence is a good week one. I can't even name one Houston defender. So, give me Jacksonville. And finally, New England. Minus two and a half. I think Mac Jones is going to look comfortable. I think the New England defense with all the guys that got back that opted out out of COVID is going to make Tua uncomfortable. I think New England rolls over Miami in New England. The Mac Jones era gets off to a good start. So to recap, we have Washington minus a half, Seattle minus two and a half, Arizona plus three, Jacksonville minus two and a half, and New England minus two and a half. What I typically look for for these spreads on the board is that the spread is less than three, I'm usually going to bet it. Why? Because of the way scoring works in football. You can only score two, three, six, or seven points at a time. And a typical NFL game, usually... It's decided by three points. It's usually one possession, but the team usually wins by more than three. So if the spread's less than three, it's more than likely your team's going to win by a field goal or more. So whichever team I think is going to win, I will bet that. I took that case, and obviously Washington, Seattle, Jacksonville, and New England. Arizona is plus three, which means even if Arizona somehow loses by two or one, I would still win. But again, I think Arizona wins outright. Some other bets that I don't have on here that I would absolutely probably take if I wasn't doing five would be Green Bay minus four against the Saints and the Giants plus three at home against Denver. I think also a sneaky bet could be possibly Atlanta minus three and a half against Philadelphia. And I know it's a little bit of a large number here, but Buffalo minus six and a half against Pittsburgh. I just don't think Pittsburgh's going to be able to keep up with Buffalo. I think that could be a blow week one. I know Ben Rockwell's is motivated. I know Pittsburgh says when Najee Hines are going to run the ball more. I'll believe it when I see it. So that's it for this week, folks. 
Again, let me know how you think I did. You know, comment on my social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon Lewis underscore seven and the show at Rio underscore B World. We're going to keep track of my best bets out of five. We're going to keep track out of my picks. Obviously, this week it's out of 16 games. Every game will be worth one point. Every bet I win will be worth one point. Every bet I lose will be minus one. Every game I pick wrong will be minus one. If it is a tie, let me put it to you this way. If it is a tie, it is a loss. The team has to win. I don't do, you know, the 8-7-1 and one or, or whatever that is. I'll just say that I am 8-8, eight and eight, for example. So, with that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I'll see you guys on Monday when we break down all of the NFL action. Enjoy this weekend in wrestling. Enjoy this weekend in the National Football League. Football is back, and we are out of here. Peace!